time to get geeked up. Time to get geeked up to stand up comics telling you what's up in movies and TV. I know you could feel me. Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on yet. And if you are hooked, we're gonna go and take a closer look. And no show's the same. We always got a different game. Always got a different game. Hey, hey. Ooh, baby. Time to get geeked up. What's going on, geeks? Thanks for tuning in to the Geeks Up Podcast, Life in Coronaville, Episode 2. I'm Devin Barnes, and with me is always Mr. Social Distance himself, Liam Whalen. Yo, yo, yo! What's going on, geeks? Thanks for tuning in. Once again, it's a little odd one for you. Of course, you can probably tell that I'm calling into the studio. Liam gets to be in there himself. Yeah, my studio's not six feet long, so I'm making Devin call from outside the doors of this uh, of my <laughs> of the very small studio. <laughs> yeah, we needed to prep together, right but I mean, I, ne- I need my space to record. So yeah, he won't let me in. <laughs> the camera for himself, but thanks for tuning in, guys. Welcome to the show. We got another great one for you today. Of course, remember to check back to the Coronaville episode one where we kick this whole. Yeah, it puts this whole thing in a lot more context, but everybody gets it, you know, it's it's obvious, it's the new, it's the new normal in terms of uh, entertainment and all. Correct, like we said last week, all of the talk show hosts are doing it, and are we any better? Absolutely not. No, well, we're actually definitely a little worse, because they've all figured out how to, like, not be doing straight-up phone calls, but we're kicking it old school (laughs) here. (laughs) We are kicking it old school. Like I said, uh... Last week we did our first official episode one of Life in Coronaville podcast, and then, of course, we did our first Netflix and chat uh, Tiger King podcast via phone, because that was all the hype. Yes. Tiger King. The quarantine craze that was the Tiger King. Yeah, didn't escape the geek boys. And then they even had their own uh, Coronaville episode as well that I guess we'll get into, but... Absolutely. Yeah. We're gonna get, I guess, it into a couple different Coronaville episode kind of, kind of stories. For sure. But... For sure. Yeah, we weren't the only ones catching in that Tigerville craze. Even Joe McHale <laughs> himself did. But we'll get into that in a second. Uh, I guess something else I just want to bring up is last week we did our very first uh, Friday night geeked up Zoom room party chat. Yes. Thanks to all the geeks for Zoom, Zoom, Zooming. Exactly. Exactly. We'll be doing that again every Friday night. Uh, time varying. You know, we did it 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We might do it a little earlier. But some geeked up legends, Amy D. and Orla, the uh, uh, first ever emailers, the Airbud girls, were uh, were in the house. <laughs> As well, coming all the way from Ireland. Yeah, quarantining in Ireland. Quarantining in Ireland. What else is new? As well as uh, Netta, Viking warrior princess, who gave me the uh, Disney Plus account. So major geeked up props to her. We'll get into my uh, we'll get into my Mandalorian take later. I guess that uh, big oh, shout yeah. out to my free Disney Plus account there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Of Which course, I think is legal, experience. right? Like, I'm not, I'm allowed to say that, right? Like, they give you yeah, six no, icons. Think... You're like, I think allowed. <laughs> but I guess that, uh, and of course, uh, in the Zoom room, if you always put the code out on our Facebook page, if you don't, if 
you don't follow us for whatever reason on Facebook, you can always email us the, the code, and that's at thegeekedupodcast at gmail.com. That's the geeked up podcast. Don't forget to put that. Don't forget to put that the in there. It's a bit of a tongue twister that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that should just get us right into it. You know, with uh, what's going on in the geeked world with the old uh, everyone quarantining. What's going on in TV entertainment? And we've already mentioned it, but of course we got to talk about Tiger King. And uh, they did a special episode on Easter Sunday. Nothing holier than holy than old uh, exotic <laughs> Joe himself. Yeah, let let uh, uh, preacher Joe take you to church. I mean, we did see him host a funeral, so or give a eulogy. Right. He has his priest outfit. <laughs> yeah. He does own a priest collar anyway, but I guess what has kind but, of become a pretty cool, somewhat standard feature of these like new uh, uh, reality kind of series specials. But I guess what's the uh, is it E Network? What, what network is Andy Cohen on that does the? Is that VH1 or E? But they uh, Bravo, he does Bravo, yes, exactly, yes, Bravo. Uh, so that be that's become and that's a really good way to wrap up the whole season. They get you know they show you the whole season, then they get everybody back to get their take on the edited. You know, I would say actually that the person that started this whole thing was probably Chris Hardwick with the Talking Dead. Okay, was that a? You know uh, what I mean, because like, I've never really seen anything. And then like what exactly was that? He episode, would. After every episode of The Walking Dead, I think they started it in, like, season two. They would host, like, a Q&A thing afterwards. Okay, very interesting. And what platform was that on? That's, uh, he does it in, like, a studio and has, like, three guests on. Maybe usually someone and then it, But is it on AMC or, like, where does it it's air? It's on AMC. Okay, wow. It comes on right after Walking Dead. Okay, wow, interesting. And they, uh, is it, you know, more about, like, production stuff, about how things were shot, or is it they more, like, questions about character like, development, or, like... Exactly. They usually have, like, whoever the main character on that episode was on the show. Okay, Talk about that. They usually have a writer on, and they usually have, like, a celebrity guest who's a fan of the so show. So, spoiler on. alert, but when, but when Glenn gets whacked, they would then have Glenn <laughs> on, theoretically? For sure, or okay. the guy that played Negan, or the guy that okay, played exactly. somebody on there. Yeah. Okay, sick. Oh, that's and then cool. people like tweet in and like they read their questions online. They usually show you like a special clip from the next episode. Interesting. You want to know, can I, I even kick it a little bit more old school that. than that? But I really feel that one of the, the the first person to ever really kind of break that ground and that I that I ever saw actually, but was Colin Quinn after uh, like the like after season two, I think it was on Tough Crowd, where he would host a post show uh, press conference like a like a head coach. Where, like, it was just all the other comics, but he would, like, sit there with the towel over his shoulder, and they would ask him about, like, bits that failed, and they would really just kind of, like, analyze the show that you just watched. But, uh, <laughs> that was the... I don't remember that. Yeah, it was only on, like, like uh, one of the seats, because, you know, there was only, like, uh, that show did not really run very long, and it did not, that was not, like, a regular feature of the whole thing. But it was something that they tried, I think, for, like, the second season, or for a, a whole bunch of episodes, anyway. But it was a really funny, cool little thing, and it was definitely like you're saying. And then I guess even uh, like Howard Stern, when he went to satellite radio, would hold like a whole post show every uh, for one of his for his shows. Mm -hmm. so. I know Bill Maher does it after his shows on HBO. Okay, cool. But yeah, definitely. So it's become a thing anyway. And I guess we had to do it uh, for Tiger King, but they had to they had to they had to geek the podcast style it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> Uh, Joe McHale hosting it, 
not being as self-deprecating as he usually is. There was something self-deprecating just in there. <laughs> no, he was, he was being more uh, them-deprecating, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, very like real, snarky, tongue in cheek kind of, you know. Very good. He did I'll a very good job. The, he did a very good job of kind of teasing them without being obviously making fun of them. Yeah, exactly. Like he definitely got them talking. Obviously, there was no Joe Exotic on there. There was no Carol Baskins on there. There was no Carol Baskins. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the big first thoughts. I guess one of my other second thoughts as well. But there was absolutely no mention of Doc Antill. Oh, you're right. So I felt that like Carol Baskins, it seemed like they just didn't want to be involved or whatnot. But they were fielding questions. Everybody was asking. Doc Antill never was even mentioned. And then I, because uh, I was like, no, I was like looking for it after a while. You know what I mean? So it seemed that they that's, were that's like, a good point. they got a C and D on the, but as well, the, he, I think, does have like a big open investigation going on. So maybe like they just didn't want to uh, get themselves in trouble or whatnot, you know? But that was, I uh, think- that was one of my first Agreed. impulse thoughts. I think standout guy of this was uh, Eric Cowie, still the head keeper of uh, the zoo. Okay, now is that legless zookeeper or, or, uh, or uh, no, no, no. school guy, shooter long, zookeeper? Long zookeeper? Okay, okay. <laughs> long blonde hair zookeeper who still just doesn't give a fuck about any of <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Joe best part was like, he didn't even watch the, the series. He's like, I didn't even watch it. Yeah, because he obviously doesn't have uh, he obviously doesn't have Netflix. Like they they didn't really push him too hard as to why, but I think it's pretty clear that they don't. It doesn't have Netflix in the trailer. The other thing that was really funny about it is almost every person on there had to go out and just be sure that you know that they don't smoke bad. <laughs> I know, and I'm not buying it for half those fuckers. First of all, <laughs> yeah, uh, by sure. Half of them, I mean any of them. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, definitely. I mean, they all seem to be, you know, I mean, well, I guess, first of all, we'll take it maybe by character as you want to, but I'd say Jeff Lowe will start. He definitely seemed to be very kind of like in a, a, a like testimony kind of uh, uh, mm-hmm. territory where he was pretty much just trying to like, and you didn't believe him. He was just as uh, sleazy and un, you know, unreliable as he was. He came across in the uh, special. For sure. And that kind of thing I hate about all this too is because I also get interviewed by Spade, by David Spade on the Spade show. I like, I don't like how everyone kind of like giving him the hero role. I was like, Jeff Lowe is easily besides Alan number one dirt ball. Okay, wow. Is he kind of like right now is because he's, he's showing the hot uh, uh, nanny and all that stuff and granting interviews so people have to like be a little exactly. bit nice to him? All right, yeah, all right. Because he so. came across to me very sleazy and totally unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like he was just mm-hmm. obviously pushing his agenda, but he was totally full of shit. Uh, uh, my uh, biggest heartbreak for me is I totally retract my statement about favorite character being shirtless husband. But you put a shirt on this guy and give him a set of teeth, he really loses all of his charm. And uh, <laughs> But as well, I felt that he just like – he did not very seem nat- – like first of all, like did his – like did, it, did the teeth implants hurt and like he couldn't talk properly because of it or – Yeah, no. He just didn't seem as hilariously uh, white trash as I wanted him to. Yeah, no. Not at all. Not at all. But uh, he definitely did seem way more natural as the white trash – you know, like he seemed very uncomfortable with the shirt and teeth in. Like, no, I never did myth. I'm just an ordinary guy. Like he, they, they, he was very, uh, uh, just seemed uncomfortable. Where when he was just shirtless, uh, shirtless husband, he was totally natural. You know what I mean? Like he, mm-hmm. he was that shirtless, toothless hillbilly. He was not 
the fucking guy with glasses and a, and, a, and a shirt, you know? I want to say, you have to imagine, though, at, like, you know, now that he's, like, it's all done and he's married and has a kid, nobody really wants to watch a documentary about them having sex with some Tiger King meth head that, like, <laughs> yeah, well. them into a three-way marriage. <laughs> no, for sure. The person well, that, I mean, uh, I don't pull a Carol Baskins and don't grant the E interview. Don't, like, try to have yeah. yourself – and if you're going to, like, clean yourourself up, at least look like you're, like, you're uh, clean, cleaned up. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't pulling it off. Like, it looked like that was the first time that he fucking wore that uh, – he's worn a collared shirt in his life. You know what I mean? Like, nor could he speak Agreed. over his te- – nor could he speak over his teeth. Like, I think uh, who I felt bad for the most watching this thing is uh, campaign manager Joe or Josh. Just because uh, one thing it had, he kind of brought to light is our theory of is, did Joe Exotic husband kill himself or not was an accident. He really made it seem like it was an accident. Yeah. That the guy was just making a point. Okay, the definitely, yes. The thing that looked like poor Josh is he looked fucking hella shell-shocked still, man. Like, yeah, and he definitely said like, that he was and, therapy. like, pleaded his case that he had been – in his life had been shattered by the situation. Uh, so you did kind of – it came across to me as a little politicking on the situation for, you know, for him, but – Oh, to me, it seemed like he didn't kill himself. <laughs> like, yeah. he just seemed, like, still really shell-shocked about the situation. Also, he kind of, like, I don't know if he... I don't remember him saying on Tiger King, but he also came out on it. Yeah, he, he also, definitely like, very clearly wanted us to know that he was gay. Which is, you're right, yeah, I was I actually like, going to ask you about that, if he was... Because I, I, I had two questions that could potentially get us in hot water, but uh, I did not remember him being gay on the show, and then he was just like, you know, as, as a fellow gay Oklahoma guy. I was like, wait a minute, what? But, uh, so yeah. the, that, was, that was not covered during the, sh- the, during the show? The other thing, yeah, I don't remember that being covered in the show. The other thing that was never covered in the show is old Saf identifying as a man. Okay, yes. That's what we're going to next because I was very confused by that whole situation. And called him him and I was like, wait a second. Was he a guy the whole time? And then A.H. had to tell me like, no, she identifies as a man and they just never mentioned that on the show. They just referred to her as a girl the whole time. Okay. And she didn't seem uh, shaken up about it at all. I guess that... Not uh, at all. I guess that gender discussion hasn't really hit Oklahoma yet. But it was very confusing just because they didn't... And again, I guess they just, like, did... And I guess that was something just uh, in the special. They just didn't cover that ground at all. They didn't even, like, go there for either Josh or Safi. But I was very confused that, like... Because, you know, since then I've heard outrage about it. But I was very confused as, as to the whole situation. So she is a girl, but she identifies as a man... And then got her arm yeah. bit off by a tiger. <laughs> and then got her arm bit off by a tiger. <laughs> Long story short. I still short. have no regrets about it. Yeah, no, and I she, thought, she's uh, still, he, like, definitely the most genuine and, uh, and like, the actual... Uh, her and antisocial white guy are definitely the two best, but... I thought Saf, too, was good, because uh, he sounded like... Saf sounded like he was going to be the one person that had uh, Joe Exotic's back. She was, like... He was, like, uh, you know, he actually did cook Thanksgiving for people. He would give you the shirt off of his back. And they're like, oh, do you think he deserves to be in jail? Fuck yeah. And I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you're right. I guess she kind of did stand up for him a, a, a little bit more than the other ones. But you're right. That was definitely, I'd say, probably the number one thing that you'll take away from this was that they did kind of all turn their back. Or, you know, I don't want to say turn their back on Exotic Joe, but it just uh, uh, they, they did not like Exotic Joe as a person or a boss beyond what they felt on, like, 
like the situation of the trial. You know what I mean? Because I think it's pretty clear you should be in jail, not necessarily for the attempted murder, but definitely for you know the, the illegal tiger trade that he was in and engaged in. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, so I think everybody you know is pretty clear that he uh, you know believes that he should be in jail. But at more you know it, it was more importantly, I feel they definitely felt that he was just a piece of shit person, and they weren't like gonna get uh, stand stand for sure. The uh, other person I think is a huge piece of shit, too, is uh, Rick Kirkman, the producer of Joe Exotic TV, who kind of tried to take that moral high ground. He's like, look, I wish I would have said something, but I got drawn into that whole tiger cub life and even uh, told <laughs> yeah. a horrific story about him shooting the horse in the head. Yeah. But that and guy so was just got a, a lot more, more. Shit too. Huh? Yeah. I said he was just a money grubbing piece of shit. You know, yeah, no, like, for sure. Who, like we, who, like we detailed last episode, somehow failed in the mission of getting a fucking reality show about this maniac out. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, how much are you kicking yourself in the foot if you're not, if you're just the asshole answering questions about this guy, as opposed to fucking anything to do with the production of the show? Yeah, exactly. But how different would everything have turned out if that reality show actually got turned out? Yeah, that's true. Like, would Joe call, Exotic actually. be in jail? Would he be super famous? <laughs> yeah. I did like how they were all talking about, though, how Joe Exotic always wanted to be famous, and now he super is and can't really appreciate it because Yeah, that jail. was an irony that did not get covered on, on our Netflix and chat, but, yeah, it really is. the uh, He finally got uh, famous. Joe, but... Mc... Joe McHale made the point. He's like, Look, think about how much money he'd be making on appearances alone. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I I thought, like, that's a great point. He'd be packing out those McDonald's all over Oklahoma, man. <laughs> <laughs> but just I guess it was following this up, even this whole like uh, follow up special, it just really did make you find out just like what a piece of shit he was. How he was just shooting tigers left and right for no fucking reason <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, yeah, definitely. And you have to believe that's definitely more of a part of the seedy underworld of the uh, exotic zoo industry in, in fucking Redneckville, Oklahoma, you know what I mean? But So it's definitely not a surprise, but definitely seems to be a lot more of a part of the story than... And also, I mean, the other thing, I guess, that Rick Kirkman said that was a huge surprise and another, like, hilarious irony to this whole situation, but really does change my uh, thoughts in a lot of ways, is Kirkman said that he was afraid of tigers and, like, totally uncomfortable um, yeah. being around him, which is a total, like, I don't know if that was, you know, if he's fabricating on that, but that I definitely, mean, like, adds a huge money-grubbing twist if he didn't, if he wasn't even just, like, a maniac that loved tigers like our boy, uh, fucking uh, Monkey Shirt. Guy, no, no, no. Who's the monkey shirt? Uh, monkey shirt, monkey yeah. shirt. Guy loves it. Yeah, monkey shirt. He was an animal lover. That fucking guy. But uh, uh, it just seems like you know what I mean. That really would definitely make you feel like he's you know, and you definitely already think he's a greedy piece of shit. But if he uh, if he's not even like crazily obsessed with you know cuddling with tigers, I don't know how much I believe that. I think that could have just been Kirkman talking shit. Yeah, me too. Because, I mean, if you're afraid of tigers, why the fuck are you opening a tiger zoo, dude? For sure. Like, and that wasn't the only footage of tigers monkey. that he had with me. He's like, that one shot, we had him on the ground. He was scared. And those tigers were crying. It's like, yeah, dude, there's what about the other fucking eight episodes where the uh, things with him with tigers, when the tiger's dragging him around by the leg, you know what I mean? And he doesn't <laughs> shoot it in the face. Like. <laughs> Look, man, my cat bit me today, and I was afraid of it for the next two hours. So I, mean, I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's why. That's why I don't own a cat. I pulled the preemptive uh, uh, Joe Exotic and <laughs> terrified of him. 
But I guess, uh, I guess finally, I guess that might just put a uh, end to our whole uh, Tiger King covering. Yeah, for now, until Jeff Lowe gets arrested for something, and then we'll dive back into it. Yeah, something tells me this isn't the last time you're going to hear the Geeked Up Boys talking Tiger King. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess we should have Doc Antle updates on the way as the the investigation as the invest we, we got andre davi doing our investigative journalism on uh doc antle but yeah andre davi <laughs> staked outside thinking andre davi videos <laughs> and claiming it's me <laughs> yeah. Woo, baby. um but i guess moving on from that uh we talked a lot last week about how uh and like much like ourselves how all the late night show guys are doing all of their talk shows now via Skype or Zoom. And this last Saturday, SNL gave it a shot. SNL jumped into it, which seems a little bit like I, 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 I don't even know how this is going to even work, to be honest. Uh, uh, as well, was it like promoted or did they kind of come back as a little bit of a surprise fashion? Or I think it was a little surprise. I think it was lightly promoted, but it was. They try to keep it, you know, same. I mean, obviously, same, not the same format, but. Can I take a guess? Can I just guess real quick? Was it uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short hosted? No, no, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Oh, all right, another another five timer club. But I uh, I was gonna guess before you started. I was gonna guess Martin Short and Steve Martin hosted, and Baldwin obviously does a Trump uh, coronavirus briefing. He uh, does do a call in as Trump, not even on a video. It's just him recorded. Oh, okay, and, uh, nice. But uh, Tom Hanks isn't in any of the skits. He just, like, introduces what it is, and it's him in his kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just kind of introing what this is. And what they all were were basically just Zoom-based, like, jokes, like characters. Like, one of them pretended they were, like, a uh, video game blogger. Okay, they I see. Did, like, you know what I mean? All they did it's skit, like a fake skit. new, a fake uh, uh, a business meeting or what all that. Dude, I think pretty sure that was the first one. Okay, sure I see. that was the first uh, with Eddie Bryan, Kate McKinnon being the two old ladies not understanding how uh, Zoom works. Okay, I see. So Somebody's every, doing something inappropriate in the background. I mean, I guess there For was sure. a couple of shows. Was it Jimmy Fallon had a famous sketch on SNL that was kind of like an early uh, web series sketch? Well, didn't he kind of? It was just... Horatio Sands. Exactly. Yeah, Horatio Sands. Exactly. I was going to say because I, I was going to give him. I was going to give Horatio Sands credit for another one actually. But yeah, you're right. They had their uh, their team thing. So, and I think there might have even been another similar kind of. There's definitely enough like. Uh, for sure. Yeah, so. like Pete Davidson did like a fake music video which is easy to film. Uh, like I said, a lot of them pretend to be like bloggers or like TikTok stars. There was people people doing like video game bloggers. Okay, I see. Um, the Weekend Update was obviously able to do. It was just two of them video chatting. All right, nice, nice. And then that's, of course, so, when Baldwin I mean, came in? Yeah. Or they when they put in the remember. Baldwin piece? But that's definitely but, a layup right now, if you know what I mean. They uh, had uh, Larry David was on as Bernie Sanders, just doing a sketch about okay, Tyler. Nice. But it was. Um, but yeah, when I heard enough, about it, you know I, mean, I mean, it obviously doesn't seem. You know, the late night show you can totally logically understand how it would work, but a sketch comedy thing, it's not. It would be tough to do. You know, I was actually thinking that maybe that they were doing it WWF style, like filmed on some location or something like that, where they had you know, uh, no certain people quarantined no, together or something like that. But 
Interesting, interesting. And they were all just, uh, you know, Zoom-related kind of uh, kind of gags. Now, is there uh, plans of, are they going to keep this up week to week? Was this a one-off? That I don't know. I would be surprised if they did, because, I mean, it has to be a lot of work to just, like, be writing all those sketches to... yeah. I mean, there's only you so know. many stuff they can do. Although I guess they could kind of do something where, like, every uh, Saturday night they kind of just get, like, a little mini laugh aid kind of thing and more organized where they can get, you know, maybe Sandler contributes a sketch. Uh, they get other SNL alum to kind of throw together a different sketch. Do, you know, they can definitely That's do true. enough interactive kind of things throughout the news, uh, like the news segment or other kind of fresh uh, interactive segments with current cast members, but you know, try to just get people to do funny gags from home and pretty much just edit together like a hour long worth of YouTube clips of uh, from SNL, you know, current past cast members. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't know if they will, but I mean, it's not a terrible idea. But I think speaking, of I'll talk comedy, to Lauren. Though, I'll see what he. I'll, <laughs> I'll run it past him. <laughs> Um, but speaking of comedy, though, I guess another uh, kind of, you know, SNL wasn't very controversial, just be, I guess it was just kind of interesting, but the more controversial uh, uh, comedy news, but Louis C.K. Uh, released his new special over this weekend also. Yes. Which is, uh, I guess, a little more controversial than interesting from the uh, SNL thing, but definitely newsworthy. <laughs> yeah, I guess just uh, in terms of, you know, fresh content and uh, uh, new stuff coming out, new geek news, that definitely makes the list. Uh, and then as well, like you said, from kind of the uh, uh, Louis C.K. controversy comeback category as this really being his first, you know, special and first, like, really big return to uh, 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 pop culture relevancy in a couple of years. Well, let's say this, that I think besides Harvey Weinstein, he was one of the first one to kick off this whole Me Too moment. And I think he was the first person who he wouldn't have expected it from, really. You know what I mean? Okay, like, yes. Louis C.K. has like a very blue presence on stage, but his whole uh, stick is he's still like a good guy. You know what I mean? He's got the so, daughters. He's, he's a, a great dad. father. Yeah, he's got two young and daughters. He, uh, has good morals. So when it came out, it was kind of like, oh, damn. And I think there was nobody, I mean, just from the rip, yeah, he got a lot of his stuff canceled. But I think like six months later, he was already hopping back into comedy clubs. I'm like, all right, look, I set up sorry. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I deserve a second chance. Like, yeah. Nobody seemed less remorseful, I think, than Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he actually did, you know, uh, 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 come out. He had, like, an interesting apology approach where he really owned up to everything right off the bat, you know, which is kind of rare as well. He didn't, like, you know, uh, he just, like, said he was sorry and kind of moved on. And then, like you yeah, said, he, he, he did uh, uh, kind of pop up in comedy clubs relatively early. But if you remember, the big story was uh, there was always, like, the overwhelming backlash of negativity anytime he would ever show up anywhere where just like you know mm. what I mean he would put yeah, the, I think the first time he came back was at a place in like Long Island that then was getting you know like boycotted and all this kind of stuff but it was uh, just it, it, there seemed to be and you're, and you're right he was definitely in the early wave of the whole Me Too movement 
And uh, you're definitely right. I never kind of, you know, thought about it in terms of that maybe that was why he got uh, extra backlash because he always kind of did present himself as a guy that was more of like an average Joe. And, you know, you'd expect it less from him. But uh, so that's definitely interesting. But uh, did you actually see the special, though? Okay. I didn't, I've read a lot about it. I've read some of the jokes. The reason I didn't watch it, and I'm on two uh, lines of sound on this one. The reason I didn't watch it is because I personally feel like if he really deserves a second chance, he should have released it for free and let the comedy itself back it. You know what I mean? On top of okay, him coming back with a new special, he's got a lot of nerve being like, I'm back with a new special. Give me $8. It's like, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> put it out for free. Then if yeah. it's a hit, charge for the next one. You know what I mean? You know what? That's very interesting, actually. Again, I did not think, I did not even think twice. I just paid the eight bucks because that's, you know what I mean? Like, reasonable enough. And as well, I kind of was just more into it from the new content world. And I knew that it was kind of like, it, it seemed to be uh, right on the cusp of like Coronaville panic ensuing. I think that it was actually like the weekend before the week that we spoke of, of it all kicked off. Like I think that it, uh, it was recorded, I guess if that Monday was the ninth, I guess it was maybe recorded like Saturday, March 7th or over that, that weekend where coronavirus was like soon going to be approaching, but not yet, you know, in obviously, uh, any type of full panic mode anywhere in the country. But so I kind of just wanted to see it from that standpoint, you know, because it was new. But uh, uh, it was interesting, though, like you, you know, were saying just uh, the fact that he decided to charge for it because it was very clear in the special that he was performing to a very, very pro Louis C.K. audience. And that was kind of the number one thing that I took from the special in a lot of ways was that he was like not very apologetic, but he was like very, very over with his fans and he didn't need to do any like pandering to get there. You know what I mean? Like it didn't, it started off with like an awkward like, so have you guys been for the last you know but uh, uh other than that <laughs> other than that he didn't really mention it uh, in too much detail he kind of would alluded alluded to it until the last kind of bit where he kind of more got into it and even then was not very apologetic if anything I, I felt that he kind of more victimized himself in some regards and kind of treated it more like hey i did my time and i was like you know uh cast for away from society and i was you know i lost my whole career so now i get to come back and have it you know what i mean like uh, uh just uh, you know now i get to start uh, over like nothing ever happened almost kind of like if you know you do your like we were talking about last week almost with tiger king where if you do your time in jail uh -huh. that kind of you know buys you out of having to come back and, and and beg for forgiveness you know however uh you're right if you're kind of uh in the if you're trying if you're in the court of public opinion you're gonna have to beg for forgiveness however if you're just gonna be uh, uh, uh performing to your own audience and you know you've got a built-in fan base that'll pay eight bucks then you don't have to worry about going you know giving the big i'm sorry i did a horrible thing which you never really got from him so did he even really do his time I and mean, the worst that happened to him is they canceled his creepy movie he was making about a guy that jerked off in front of him. 
daddy. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's another really good call too because as well, like it was like a, like a two year period of a gap in stand up comedy specials, which for most comics is like he's still on a better pace than fucking ninety percent of comics after his uh, so called you know like blackballing. But like mm-hmm. you know, this isn't like Chappelle coming back after ten years or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, or even Chris exactly, Rock yeah. would be. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, would was probably five years in between most of those great Chris Rock specials. You know, so he really sure. didn't do a lot of time in the shadows. Now that you really, he just was on such a prolific uh, uh, pace. But yeah, and again, it's not like I'm a cheapskate. It's not like it's eight dollars. It's just kind of the audacity of being like, all right, give me eight dollars. Louis needs it. Louis you know, it's very, it is very interesting, though, because like I said, it definitely puts a lot of this in proper context. Like his actual business uh, model behind it is he's definitely just like going to cast aside every any, anybody. He's not going to like fight for forgiveness, I don't think, for fans. I think he's just no, going to, exactly. you know, he's just going to, uh, uh, c- you know, cater towards the people that are going to be super into him. And in all honesty, like it was uh, uh, a pretty funny special. There were definitely some real home runs. You get Louis doing an hour up there. There's going to be some really funny singular bits and some really funny just like conceptual ideas as you know. But uh, as well, there was definitely a lot of like sexual creepy material in this special as well. Where he was like even unapologetic from that note. Huh? That's not as funny now when you know that he's kind of a creep. Like beforehand, that creepy shit was funny because he was still like you thought he was a good guy but now that you know he's like no he like revisits you know the whole SNL monologue about uh, uh, pedophilia he like revisits that whole topic in a big way like look I wouldn't say I would fuck a teenage boy but like he runs through why what would get him to fuck a teenage boy and he talks about you know what I mean like uh, a a bit about you know his mom about you know his mom getting fucked and all this stuff where like it was uh, definitely unapologetic in its sexual content as well from that standpoint and uh, all in all no definitely unlike the Chappelle kind of comeback specials which were must see and fucking hilarious this was definitely i'd say a cut below those you know what i mean uh some well, funny shit too, but like, when you say with with Chappelle, he took like a 10 year hiatus he didn't take like a 10 year hiatus because he was like raping shit you know what i mean yeah no no he for sure got out of the limelight and now he's deciding to come back in no, no oh, doubt, no doubt. But just in terms of, like, a comeback special like being really, really funny, even though the Showtime specials or whatever, just, like, Chappelle's comeback, I guess the first one that came back was just was just kind of off-pitting because he looked and sounded so different. But, like, the uh, Chappelle <laughs> material, I would say, was uh, real solid. This was kind of just, you know, like another mediocre Louis special, like, has come out every couple years in the la- you know, in, in recent memory. Exactly. So, and it's just, like, was six weeks long enough to, uh, okay, look, I took six weeks off. I'm doing the comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about it at all but in I terms guess- of the paying, but I'm telling you that really makes a lot of sense. And uh, would have maybe if if you would have uh, pointed that out beforehand, I might have given it a second thought. You know what I mean? Because I because I, I didn't buy it because I'm like because I because I'm in Louis's pocket, and I wasn't like doing it to support. You know, I gotta fundamentally support Louis. I'm a huge fan of his. You know what I mean? I'm just doing it because it was like eight bucks for something new, and then in watching <laughs> it. You know, it puts it into light that he does not. Uh, well, that's why I didn't say anything too, because one of us had to watch it. And uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, good call. Yeah, you got, you got me again, Barnes. 
Same thing with me watching Monday Night Raw this week. Somebody had to do it, so I figured okay, I'd yeah, bite the I bullet. Another uh, comedy news. Uh, there's some more yeah. WWE news. More recent comedy news, but. But I guess, like I was saying, uh, Liam does have a little uh, WWE news. There, uh, yeah. I guess. But you were telling me there. I mean, I guess in geeked up and SNL fashion, fashion the show must right? go on, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess there was some hilarious news. We did we did a detail, or you know, a, a, I don't want to say detail, but briefly mention on last episode that the WWE's Monday Night Raw could potentially be in risk of uh, of its like epic twenty five year every week streak. Uh, by going off air due to this whole couple thing, they had a couple episodes in the can. But just yesterday, breaking news from this great uh, government of ours that the state of Florida has deemed WWF quote unquote <laughs> essential business in the state of Florida, <laughs> so, making the making the governor of Florida officially the mayor from Jaws. It's the 4th of July You better get out there and wrestle motherfuckers But uh, literally Because he says of the importance uh, To wrestling to Florida's state economy Which I mean I gotta figure in Florida that really is a big uh, I mean most like high school graduations Have to take place at a wrestling ring In Florida I'd say but Well you know just the fact of it Florida is is such a big tourism state That there is actually a lot of truth to it you know what I mean? This is the time of year where, like, a lot of people spring break. Uh, yeah, people as we all as we all saw by the beach, Yolo. We know we we know they're spring breaking. But um, old wrestling is keeping the yeah. economy going. Deemed business, deemed essential business. So they will. It's of course going to be no crowds, but they are going to be allowed to uh, carry on and produce, continue to. You know what I mean? No social distancing. They they don't need to virtually put on wrestling matches. They're allowed to go out there and go to like the WWE studios, and I guess kind of in some ways it's a little bit of just like oh, and then today hilarious news. Actually, this was Monday. Hilarious news today. Vince McMahon has like laid off lots of WWE employees and has a uh, 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 totally released lots of on-air talent. So even though the governor's <laughs> letting them work, doesn't mean that he's not cutting some corners uh, financially in this whole situation. I mean, it's a business. See, now, to me, I guess. Speaking of wrestling and social distancing, this to me would, uh, I would suspect this would be the re rise of a lot of masked wrestlers. A lot of. Uh, <laughs> Great call. The Lucha Libres? <laughs> <laughs> the Mexican, the Mexican, uh, the Mexican masks. Yes, no, great exactly. call, dude. I mean, the revolting blob is ready for a comeback after. Uh... Exactly. Didn't Kane wear like a face mask? <laughs> Kane wore a face mask. There's the famous, hilarious. It's one of the all-time great wrestling fuck-ups, but it's this guy that was called the Shockmaster, and his helmet was literally a Darth Vader helmet that they like fucking put like glitter, like a, a glitter sparkle on. Right, and then his uh, debut in wrestling is you got to like YouTube it. But his uh, debut in wrestling, he was supposed to break through a wall and like surprise the wrestlers, but he just fell flat on his face upon like breaking through the wall, and that was his debut on li- like on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> he just debuted by falling flat on his face in one of those hilarious promos. But I'm really getting uh, I'm really getting off track on the wrestling talk here. 
But uh, I guess it is kind of, you know, just a little bit indicative to uh, uh, of how people are going to handle, different states are going to handle trying to get the world back in to, you know what I mean, more uh, pre-corona entertainment in terms of, you know, live events and whatnot. And we've talked about it before, but sports, there are definitely sports and things that can be done in, uh, uh, you know, socially distanced or in a more safe, controlled environment. And, like, Florida is another state where lots of golf goes down. If you're telling me wrestling is golf, if you're telling me the PGA or Tiger Woods and Phil can't start doing exhibition golf things going That's on. That's what I don't get. I mean, I think if there is one sport going on, it should be the PGA Tour. For sure. Again, no, I think no Vince crowd. is just the, the only one that's, anyway. like, wanted to push the envelope right now is Vince McMahon. He's the only one that's crossed that bridge yet. But I do think that it's kind of indicative and maybe some states are going to uh, allow that kind of stuff. And once Vince, uh, once one company is out there making live revenue like that, the other organizations are going to want to follow suit. You know what I mean? And it's just like uh, when Vince is getting money, the UFC is going to want to get some money. And if Florida's letting the UFC, then maybe Nevada's. Uh, if Florida's letting WWF, then maybe Nevada is going to let Uf, uh, UFC. You know what I mean? And it's just you know, uh, uh, in some ready or not. I feel like in some sign, in some ways, it's like a a sign of the next step of Coronaville, you know. Yeah, I mean, here's the hoping. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I don't think the WWE crew and Vince McMahon have ever been the most responsible people. <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, of course not. They're definitely most uh, hilariously so. shady and awful company that's ever existed. But you know, it, it just shows, goes to show that like the governors and the local, uh, the politicians in the country are just as greedy and corrupt as Vince McMahon and in cahoots, as we all know by like the legendary uh, uh, Trump history with Vince, like literally being <laughs> on wrestling for fucking years and years. So there's of course a big political. Yeah, no, no, there's a huge political. Literally, like one of Trump's first things was he appointed Vince McMahon's wife Linda McMahon to be like the head of the. A small business council in America, which is just like such a hilarious joke because WWFE totally monopolized every like independent wrestling organization and uh, it's just a huge, brutal, fucking ruthless uh, <laughs> corporation. So, uh, well, hilarious political little... corruption going on there. I forgot that Trump has even wrestled for WWE at some point. He's like literally been in race, like, like wrestled in WrestleMania, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When I was a kid, uh, uh, there was a string of WrestleManias that were all held at, like, the revolutionary Trump hotels in Atlantic City. So he was, like, involved back in the late 80s. And then literally after I got out of wrestling in, like, the 2000s, Trump was literally, like, like taking bumps in the ring. Like, Stone Cold was like, – he, like, he fought Stone Cold, like I said, at SummerSlam. <laughs> but, uh, now, but you it, said you got out of wrestling in the 2000s. You mean from 2000 to 2001? And then right back in in 02. <laughs> yeah. It took a brief hiatus around 05. And then Randy Orton came in. Uh, was a, but uh, just all, all in all, it, it's, it's interesting to see, though. And so Monday Night Raw, then, is keeping its long-time tradition of being the longest running of a yeah, show. For sure. Go screw no Dallas. Series. Monday Night Raw no. is going to... Uh... No series finale for Monday Night Raw. Yes, I guess uh, uh, I, I see what you, I see what you're trying to do here. I see what you're. Uh, I totally <laughs> you walked this, over uh, your smooth segue, but I guess <laughs> in, in a show that did finale. Yeah, 
there was a big series finale after 11 years. I guess this isn't really uh, total geek news, but it's worth mentioning just because it's been on TV, you know, movies and TV. I know you folks feel me. It's been on TV for 11 years, starting in 2009. No, no, 25 years. Are we still talking about Monday Night Raw? Or uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. We're moving on to uh, the spinoff series from Married with Children, Modern Family. <laughs> yeah, great call. <laughs> really, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the second coming of Bundy, anyway. But yeah, yeah really, uh, uh, and married a sexy, cute, uh, Colombian lady. <laughs> yeah, for real. But uh, uh, I guess really, it's going to go down, and you know, the uh, history of sitcoms is definitely one of the best of the two thousands, anyway. Like we said, yeah. And uh, uh, just you know, really, when you look at the stats, uh, uh, pretty impressive as well. As we have just concluded the eleventh uh, season with two hundred and forty plus episodes of Modern Family. So, uh, yeah, man. So not only was it like really quality, you know, and again, most of these shows kind of trail off. I've definitely seen enough Modern Family episodes to be able to vouch that it's like a, you know, definitely hilarious show. Great characters. Did I mean, you, put it this way. Did, did you watch Earth ever? Do you, are you done, familiar? I have. I've probably watched, I, I admit, I've probably watched every episode. Okay, wow. So does it totally fall off? Are there like delayed? Because now by this point, uh, the, the the chick from XOXO has to be like graduated college by now. Oh no, she's like married with twins on the show now. Oh like, no, no way. Well, I was I, I was yeah, actually joking um, and expecting her to still be in high school, but okay. So she's no, uh, no, no, no. Okay, wow. So she's married with twins. How about my? How about the pudgy little? How about Sophia Vergara's kid? The pudgy he's little one. A, uh, he's now like a cholo, like a mech. He's doing 15 years in Chino. <laughs> he grew up. <laughs> fucking... yeah, he's Saffy, that little fucking chubster. Yeah, he... no, they don't treat it like the Simpsons where they stay stuck in time. <laughs> Although I will say this, that a show where they've been on 11 years and really there's never been too much character development. Like if after 11 years and 250 episodes <laughs> of... Uh, the characters being exactly the same. Yeah. You almost think that they're all kind of mentally challenged. Oh, the dad still being but quirky and the yeah, a hundred percent, Still, it's, uh, one of those shows I would say, much like The Office, that definitely ran its course, maybe a little longer than it should have been on. Okay, I can imagine. I mean, it uh, uh, just from that standpoint, it does kind of. I, I did a little bit of research here, and it does kind of join uh, uh, a somewhat, you know, rarefied air for sitcoms ten seasons plus. All right, and uh, I, I guess not as many as you would imagine. In all honesty, and uh, also just as interesting, not necessarily a sign of quality, <laughs> uh, judging by quantity. But uh, uh, want me to run through a couple of classics? I mean, of yeah, course we. A couple, cause if I remember correctly, I think we did a closer look on series ten seasons or more once. Okay, interesting. The uh, uh, I think well, we talked a lot about Seinfeld, of course. Uh, you know, in our various Seinfeld shows, I think Seinfeld ended at nine. Correct. Nine seasons. Yeah. yeah. So definitely not making the list. Well, I was going to say this too, just to kind of give a comparison. You said Modern Family ran eleven seasons, two hundred fifty episodes. Curb Your Enthusiasm just finished its tenth season with a hundred episodes. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, so, that was going to be uh, leading off my list. That ten seasons was Curb. However, that kind of goes with it, the old. Uh, Work harder, work smarter, not harder. Adjective. 
Yes, exactly. Great call because in just as many uh, uh, seasons, uh, another one that ran ten seasons was Friends, which I mean, all time classic, ten seasons. But you got to figure that's got to easily have twice as many total episodes as Curb, both running ten seasons. You know, uh, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's the difference between like being on like networks like that. Friends ran two hundred thirty six episodes. Okay, well, yeah, because we're talking, you know, uh, major network, 22-episode seasons for the most part, or 20-plus episode seasons as opposed to HBO, uh, I guess. So I'm going to run through a couple 11-season uh, shows, okay? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, and again, not necessarily quantity versus quantity. As we do, have got some classics, I guess, The Jeffersons and Married with Children, as well as Cheers and Happy Days, as well as MASH. All kind of necessary, uh, all, all potentially a little bit before our time. Although I told you I'm getting into Cheers recently on Hulu uh-huh. and just watched an episode where Michael Richards, hilariously enough, tried to scam Sam out of the bar. <laughs> so check that out. Wow, yeah. I didn't know Married with Children ran 262 episodes. Wow. Al Bunny calling women fat. I know. That surprised me too, man. That was definitely one that got stretched out. A couple other ones that surprised me just in terms of you don't think of them as great sitcoms. Although 11 seasons for Will and Grace and Murphy Brown. Which wow. It's just like – and Frasier as well. 11 seasons from Frasier. So 11 seasons from – Michael che- Richards was also on Cheers. Wasn't there a Kramer? Wasn't Kramer Murphy Brown's uh, secretary at one point? That's right. Kramer was definitely, (laughs) yeah, there was definitely, I think that was a Murphy Brown cameo on uh, uh, Seinfeld, though. Correct? I think you're right, yeah. I yeah, yeah. I don't think he was on right. Murphy Brown, but he was on, like, Will and Grace, though, wasn't he? On, didn't he do a... Uh, he was on an episode of Mad About You. Oh, Mad About You, that's right, yes. Hilarious. He talks about his comedian neighbor. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, yeah, hilarious. But um, I guess, and then just in terms of, you know, MASH, I thought MASH was like the, uh, I thought that was like the longest running show ever. I guess I had that confused with Dallas or whatever, but I thought that was well, like Mash- MASH's thing. MASH is famous for uh, the series lasted longer than the actual Korean War. Oh, okay, I see. Because it was 11 seasons. All right, I gotcha. And then as well, Frasier really surprised me because uh, Frasier, by the way, uh, again, back to my deep dive on Cheers, but Frasier is like only a a part of the Cheers staff for like the first season or two, I think. And then uh, he might come... We've talked about Frasier before because we we definitely talked about the 10 seasons of Frasier. I remember I said that we got 10 seasons, 10 years of goddamn Frasier, but we can only do one season of Joey. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great call. But uh Frazier's a more beloved character than uh Joey Tribbiani, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, and then I guess we do have another one that I guess will go down in uh, history as Modern Family's main competition for the uh, sitcom of the 2000s. But the Big Bang Theory does it one better with 12. And I think it's still counting, by the way, the Big Bang Theory. I don't think that they've, like, finaled yet. But, uh, uh, no, they, I believe they're still uh, putting them out there, man. They are up to uh, – they have done 12 official seasons with a spinoff as we now have young Sheldon as well. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> a really franchised out has uh, uh, has gone – and talk about a uh, lack of character development. Those fucking Asperger's idiots are still fucking uh, scared of chicks 12 years yeah. later. But yeah, They're still roommates. Yeah, that came <laughs> out in 2007, man. 2007, Big Ring Theory started. 
Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, just quick, uh, a quick kitschy question. Let me throw at you. Netflix and chat, kitschy question. But I give you uh, 11 seasons of Modern Family or 12 seasons of Big Bang. What do you take as the sitcom of the, tw- of the 2000s? Or no, the- I'm, going, I'm going Modern Family. I, I can't watch the Big Bang assholes. Uh, <laughs> or could you throw probably, The Office? Was that a, a 2000 show? Is there any other th- a show you could throw in there from the 2000s? Two- but I wouldn't so much call The Office a sitcom only because they don't have the laugh track. I mean, Modern Family also doesn't use the laugh track. But yeah. they do the same thing kind of like The Office where they talk to the camera. Exactly. It's kind of like that new age mockumentary. I guess we'll kind of get us into another season finale that took place, but uh, the season finale of Shit's Creek, which is another, you know, that's like a, a Eugene Levy, uh, uh, you know, Catherine is O'Hara. it Christopher Guest? Does he, does Christopher Guest in, uh, create that show or? No, he didn't. No, actually, Eugene Levy's son and him wrote it together. Okay, I interesting. And you said Catherine O'Hare is in it too? Yeah, I think they just cast her because they just obviously work so well together. Okay. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. Absolutely. But that's definitely you know, uh, and it's definitely in the Christopher Guest vein of comedy, which is kind of a little bit like uh, uh, Modern Family. Is kind of cut from the same cloth of you know breaking down the fourth wall, kind of set up little mockumentary style. For sure. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, they don't address the camera, but there's definitely not a laugh track to it. But they're also they knew their time, which I give respect to shows for. You know, I mean. Uh, 2015 and 2020, 80 episodes, and a new one to uh, call it quits. You know what I mean? Not go 280 episodes of the same joke over yeah, and over yeah. again. The English office did, doing. as opposed to American office did, basically. Correct, 100%. <laughs> but it's a very dry kind of humor, too, much like those Chris Forget things. And I don't think you could do that for 250 episodes. It would run dry very quick. Yeah, you eventually you're going to need to bring in Will Ferrell to be the boss. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all downhill from there. And who the hell wants that? Uh, <laughs> but I guess those are the two series that are have wrapped it up. You know, Modern Family after 11 years, uh, Street Creek after five years. But the big, uh, I guess, looking forward in shows that have only done one season, but it's moving forward. It's something I love talking about. And we've kind of brought it up at the beginning because old Meta... Viking Queen gave Liam her Disney Plus uh, info, but The Mandalorian season two news is just streaming it. Yes, and uh... now this was Disney Plus's big, uh, I think, big premiere when they first shot off the whole uh, Disney Plus platform. Yeah, their big thing, and they're going to be doing a lot of like Marvel series and Marvel movies and Star Wars stuff. But they kicked it off. The first thing of original content they had was The Mandalorian, which takes place in the Star Wars universe five years after Return of the Jedi. And now you just finished uh, season one, right? Yes. I just watched uh, the first season. And uh, like you said, that was definitely the headlining feature on Disney Plus, which di- which does kick ass. It's got all the Simpsons, by the way, which is a uh, uh, you know you you don't think of there, but all the Marvel movies, all the Star Wars stuff, and then like you said, uh, the Mandalorian being at this point kind of the only really like original. I guess there's other cartoons and stuff, but so far like the really only you know sweet original programming to Disney Plus has been the Mandalorian. 
And uh, I watched. Now, what I, did you think? I mean, I enjoyed the first season. I felt honestly, it probably uh, could have been six episodes to eight. It kind of had a little bit of that like MacGyver feel, where it was just like you know, every episode was a, a different adventure that he was going to wind up. You know, uh, I mean. Now, do you think the show would have been as popular without Baby Yoda? Uh, uh, I mean, they definitely – he was the only, like, thing in, by way of uh, plot development at all. So without him, it totally would have been just a MacGyver every week, different adventure. You know what I mean? But, uh, For sure. You know, I, they, I, I, uh, they kept that so under wraps because if you remember, Disney Plus came out around uh, Christmas time. So – they could have easily sold Baby Yoda like toys and dolls for Christmas, and they totally didn't jump on that bandwagon just to keep that big surprise at the end of the first episode. Okay, you know, I see. They they didn't uh, sell out. Now this Christmas, wow, there's gonna be a ton of Baby Yoda stuff. Shocking. But, I mean, yeah, right. I mean, I, I I didn't quite see what all the hubbub was about. I mean, he wasn't that much cuter than regular Yoda in my book. No, come on, you're out of your mind. <laughs> But uh, your mind. Plus, it's just as a big Star Wars fan, you know, Yoda's never really in any of the lore or the canon cartoons or comic books. They've never really talked about. You've never really seen another Yoda. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't realize that because, like you, you know, as as we as we know, I'm not uh, as into the whole universe as Barnes over here. But so it's like Yoda's origin and you know, uh, uh, a racial uh, 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 a racial category, a mystery to us, or yes, it is, it is. You've never really seen any other Yoda. Okay, interesting. He's not like Chewy. There's not lots of Wookies out there. There's not lots yeah, of Yodas. There's not a bunch of Wookies. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Very interesting. And I think what they imply in this show too is that like all of the Yoda species are um, all force sensitive. Because okay. you know, Baby Yoda's lifting up monsters and he's healing people. He's definitely using the force in this. Yes, for sure. Uh, I thought the show was great. I thought the show uh, had a hilarious amount of comics in it, from Brian Poussain to uh, Horatio Sands <laughs> yeah. to, of course, the Bill Burr cameo. To Bill was... Burr. I was laughing because I knew that Burr was going to be in it, and I spent half the series giggling to myself, imagining that they were gonna that the big reveal was going to be Burr was the Mandalorian, and they were going to take off the helmet, <laughs> and it was going to be Burr's like stupid red hair, like, hey, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? I'm in the Mandalorian, and put my helmet back on. And yeah, I saw... no, being a uh, being a stay at home mom is the hottest job. Don't worry about me. I'm just flying around the planet. All right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> exactly. A good angry redheaded ginger Mandalorian. But he actually did do a good, a real good job. His episode was one of the highlights, and he did a real good job. But it did have that uh, uh, that that was definitely a fun feel to it as well. It had a lot of you know guest directors as uh, uh-huh. even you know the finale was directed by. Uh, Waikiki, uh, uh, dude from uh, Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. Correct. He also did the voice of the robot. Okay, interesting. But uh, that, uh, so there was uh, lots of cameos yeah, and cool stuff robot. like that to get you going, and it was definitely a fun series. But just all in all, I didn't feel like there was really enough like plot development for it to be eight episodes. And I kind of just felt like at the end of the day, I felt like it was like like watching Monday Night Raw. Like at the end of you know every week, there was a big fight that you knew the Mandalorian was gonna save the day in somehow. And uh, okay, so to like, me, I, I don't I think my my big review at the end was I enjoyed it. However, I don't think I would watch a second season. So now that you okay, say, interesting, because the second season's coming out uh, October 2020. They're still saying it's on track to come out. Um. The thing I liked about it, too, is there's a lot of the cartoons, there's the Clone Wars and Rebels that are canon with the movies, 
that take place in the same movie universe, and you're seeing things from these. It, it, this to me was like a live action version of one of the cartoons. You know what I mean? Okay, so I see. Oh, little story. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And I mean, we've kind of, of seen course, that uh, with the uh, the Legends tales and stuff that they've released recently. Yeah. Like they're definitely going in that direction. So for sure. Well, for instance, like Giancarlo Esposito, the guy that's famous from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, who played Moff Gideon, the bad guy at the end. The big reveal at the end is he cuts out of the Tie Fighter with a dark saber, and that. Dark Saber is like right from the cartoons. It's like a Mandalorian like weapon that they created years and years ago that you've seen in some of the cartoons, but you've okay, never seen see. on screen before. Interesting, interesting. Um, also, Rosario Dawson just got cast in season two as uh, Ahsoka Tano, who was like a main character in the two cartoons, the Clone Wars and the uh, and the uh, Rebels. She and was these Anakin cartoons Skywalker. are both available on Disney Plus as well, correct? Correct. Okay, now, yeah. who Ahsoka is, she's uh, Anakin Skywalker. Darth Vader is like Padawan. That was You never saw her in the movies, but during the in-between the the Clone Wars and Rise of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith, she was his Padawan, who eventually gets like kicked out of the Jedi Order. Interesting. But she's become this fan favorite uh, character of um, Star Wars fans, and she's never had a live-action interpretation. And now Rosario Dawson's going to be playing her in the second season of The Mandalorian. So Hayden Christensen taught her how to whine perfectly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's also news, there, this kind of guessing of what season two is going to be about. Obviously, it's going to be him trying to find the Yoda planet. Slightly older also, Yoda. Yeah, but Yoda's dead now, you know what I mean? Because this is after Jedi. No, no, baby Yoda, but slightly older. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you know, there's a teenage Yoda. It's a group. Exactly, yeah. Um, but there's talks about you're going to see what happened to Jabba's empire after Jedi, after Jabba died. Okay, nice. That's a tale of, we got to uh, get into. Cantina Song Ooh, Part 2. Yeah. But there's also talks about, because at the end of the one episode where he's training, or he like goes on that uh, like mission with that rookie bounty hunter, and at the very end, the ladies in the desert, they don't kill her. She's in the desert, and someone walks up to her with a cape. It's very implied that the person that walks up to her is Boba Fett. So we're, there, are people who are saying you might actually see the return of Boba Fett in season two. Okay, interesting. And then that's all kind of the Mandalorian news, and just kind of other news. Something that's kind of come out on the internet, sticking with Star Wars recently, is uh, we all know that J.J. Abrams took over for uh, Episode Nine of Star Wars: Duh. Uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Love it or hate it, you know, we've given our opinion on it here. Um, but originally, the director was supposed to be Colin Tremoreau, who's, uh, he's directed all of the new Jurassic Park movies, the okay. Jurassic World. So his script was very different than what uh, Rise of Skywalker was. Even the title was referred to as Duel of Fates. But the script has gotten uh, leaked online, and somebody's now animated that script and like done like a five-minute, like, breakdown of what that movie would have been like instead and it would look like it's gonna be a little different okay, i don't know necessarily better or worse but there now was is no this Empire like in coordinates with uh tribuno or whatever the guy that made it does he like yeah i mean it would have been episode nine it would have been the sequel no but to, the uh, uh the animated uh, thing is it like you know is this somebody's opinion is it somebody and you know is it their version of of the script or no no it... no somebody like the script has been released online and somebody's animated like a quick five-minute version of that script. Okay, like I see. what they read. Okay, cool, cool. So to kind of just give you an idea uh, of what it would be. I don't know if it's... 
better or worse, but it's definitely different. Like, for instance, there's no emperor in it. All right. Well, I mean, we we had a lot of pro- that was one of the big highlight problems with uh, with the last one was that we felt that that was a very sloppy kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, just giving some type of uh, antagonist and some type of ode to the past movies. For sure. And they, uh, like I said, at the very beginning of episode nine, they just started off like the Emperor's got his own podcast. He's back, by the way, and he's been <laughs> radio broadcasting all over the galaxy. <laughs> it's like, what are we talking about? Yeah. So, so that was, uh, I got really excited about the Mandalorian. I don't think I took a breath during that whole segment, but I guess that would be all of our uh, quarantine entertainment news going on right now. I got some more wrestling talk if you want it, but. <laughs> I got more Star Wars talk if you want it. <laughs> all right, but I guess that's really the end of the news. <laughs> Just my opinions on things. But that would be the end of the news, and. I said earlier that, you know, we'll probably be talking more Tiger King later as more news comes out, but uh, we're done for for now. But, you know, I still have that redneck itch. And, uh, you know, was Joe Exotic the best guy that I've seen who's white trash on screen? I'm not sure. And I figured we should take a closer look at something like that. Closer look, closer look, closer look. Break out the telescope. Then the microscope, all of your other scopes, it's exactly what you hold. We're gonna look real close. Take a closer look. Closer look. Closer look. Closer look. Closer look. Of course, that was the last of course, SoundCloud.com. Check him out. But like we've been talking about, all of this uh, Tiger King talk, you know, in the world of rednecks, uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of got us thinking. Uh, there's been so many great interpretations of white trash on screen. It's that, been a big. Uh, it's, it's been a big genre hit genre for a long time, I guess. Like you said, lots of interpretations and portrayals. For sure, for sure. So we're just going to take a closer look and name some of our favorite white trash characters from maybe movies, TV. And uh, I'm going to kick it off, actually, with a uh, just in the line of uh, Tiger King being a documentary. I want to kick mine off with another documentary, and it came out a few years ago. It was produced by the Jackass Boys, Johnny Knoxville himself, but it's called The Wonderful, The Wild Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. And okay. I think I've seen that like a, come up on one of my streaming services, actually, or something. It's since on this is... Amazon now, man, and okay, if you never watch it, it's totally worth a watch it makes tiger king look like full house dude <laughs> really? it's about uh jessica white who's known as the dancing outlaw he appeared in a lot of uh old country music videos like this tap dance now what year are we crazy. talking about like are we I'm, i, I want to say in the 70s 70s okay maybe even the 60s pbs ran a special on him years ago okay about so. jessica white and this is about his family, and it's just some of the craziest shit you've ever seen in your life. Okay, so Oxy in like a Snorting. Leon Black situation, their last name is White, and they're crazy, and they're crazy More white like trash. This lady gives birth to her baby in the hospital, and then five minutes later, in her hospital room, she's snorting oxy. <laughs> wow, didn't wait long. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're no longer pregnant, so I guess. Uh... Yeah, the ba- and then like immediately the uh, the the state takes the baby away. <laughs> wow so and you said that was produced by knoxville and the gang and tremaine yeah, and the produced gang by johnny knoxville interesting like house 
production. It's some of the craziest watch. If you're looking, if you're going through Tiger King withdrawals, I'll definitely recommend watching The Wild Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. It's okay. It's uncomfortable how, like, just seedy it is. And is that just a one-off documentary, like a one-off movie, you said? Yeah, just it's not a TV series. Yeah, it's just like a one-off, hour-and-a-half documentary. Okay, interesting, interesting. All right, all right. Well, that's uh, that's your first. My first one, I'm going to get back into Tiger King, I guess, and just give you a couple of my first impulse ones that I mentioned on Tiger King, okay? But for me, when it, when you think redneck, uh, uh, I guess, it all starts off with Cletus, the slack-jawed yokel from The Simpsons, okay? Okay, sure. As, like, sure. my prominent, okay. like, that is my, like, go-to. I'll call them Cletus if I see him. I'll imagine them doing a... You know, uh, having dead possums and, and different Cletus Slackjaw Yokel activities. All right. Uh, and then I guess the other one for me, I guess, would be would uh, really be Joe Dirt as the other, like, really first the and obvious. foremost. Yeah, like the obvious, you know, flag-waving, uh, you know, movie character redneck. For sure. I guess uh, sticking with the cartoon aspect of it, I would have to say Hank Hill from King of the Hill. Okay, of course. The, well, the whole cast of King of the Hill. Yeah, like really. <laughs> Boomhauer. Uh... Yeah, let's not forget Boomhauer here. But those are definitely but... like to, uh, two shows, Joe Dirt and King of the Hill, where the whole comedy world, it's not just the character, but it's like the whole, sh- it's, it's, you know, the whole thing is in the world of white trash comedy. You know what I mean? For sure. And I guess if we're going with obvious ones, then I also want to throw out, obviously, the, the banjo playing inbred kid from Deliverance. Okay, yeah, he's definitely... I mean, Deliverance is one of those that actually is interesting for me because I've never even seen Deliverance. Okay, nor have I ever seen Sling Blade, which I'm sure will come up on the list. But those are, like, such notorious uh, redneck movies, you know, that, like, those are the first two that even I think of and associate with rednecks. And I've never even seen, you know, look at these guys, they're, like, from Deliverance. Never seen Deliverance. Yet that totally, like, uh, holds weight with me. But and then I guess if you're going a little less obvious, but uh, a lovable classic character who's clearly white trash, I'm going to say uh, Cousin Eddie from the Vacation movie. Of course, yes. Definitely on my list as well, but uh, okay. uh, just end. Uh, of course, just of course, uh, best known for just emptying the shitter. <laughs> but yeah, of course. <laughs> But definitely, he uh, uh, was, you know, kind of like I mentioned, as opposed to the uh, other, some of the other shows, like he was kind of a one-off character that brought the world of white trash to the Griswold vacation, you know what I mean? And was just a a Mm -hmm. hilarious stereotype, perfectly portrayed. I guess another great character, I guess is kind of a little bit more from the uh, world of redneck uh, category, but another one of my favorite definitive redneck characters, but uh, Nicholas Cage. Cage from Raising Arizona, Hi McDonough. Hi McDonough. Yeah. Of course. That was he's on my def- list. Yeah, he's definitely one of the, the go-to. Just like that's what I uh, realistically think of, of, you know, of a redneck to be like. Like a more accurate well, portrayal as opposed to, you know, just an over-the-top stereotype of. Absolutely. And if you're going to go Hi McDonough, then you got to go with uh, a big fan favorite here at the Geek Up podcast, Adam Sandler, Bobby Boucher. In the water boy. <laughs> yes, that's another good uh, Adam Sandler voice there. <laughs> yeah, mama, mama always says. 
But yeah, I guess I, I kind of forgot about him. He, he's, I guess he's a little bit more of a Bayou boy, but I guess those count. <laughs> but, that counts as white trash to me. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, for sure. But uh, uh, I guess uh, uh, there are a couple other big, like, famous comedic ones, all right, as uh, I guess the, 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 an entire comedy empire has been built on the whole redneck and blue collar <laughs> thing anyway. But of course it all started up with the granddaddy of all rednecks, I guess, uh, J- uh, Jeff Foxworthy. And you know you're a redneck. You know you're a redneck when you're listening to, to Jeff day, Foxworthy. It's the uh, number one selling comedy album of all time. I think he's made the most money of comedy albums out of anybody that's released comedy albums is Jeff Foxworthy. Interesting. I see. I, now, I would have thought it was Larry the Cable Guy. I guess he's number two on the fucking list, but <laughs> yeah. he kind but of. I, mean, li- I don't even mean like the blue collar. I mean like comedy albums, like in general, like all the old Bill Cosby albums, the Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor albums. Jeff oh, like, has made more money off comedy albums than any comedy. Oh, ever. and like in total, like aggregate albums of like all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. That tracks because, as like you said, he's been he's been doing them for so long, and he really and is much more of like a respected so comic than some of these other guys. Where uh, Larry the Cable Guy, especially, he was kind of a little bit of like a flavor of the month. He had you know like a, a hot year where it was all the craze, but then a lot of like uh, David Cross liberal backlash. We'll call it. You know, and he had the whole like war of words with David Cross kind of thing, and uh, sure. ever since then, you just really like he kind of got blackballed by the you know by the by liberal America in a lot of ways. Well, either that or the joke just ran out with stupid Larry the Cable Guy, but <laughs> yeah. either or. Uh, I guess like Jeff Foxworthy though. I think somebody else that made a big career out of. Uh, Kind of being a redneck and uh, just playing the character a lot uh, in the 90s, too, was uh, Jim Varney playing Ernest P. Worrell in all the Ernest <laughs> movies. And of course. I was, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've been sitting on Ernest, but Ernest Goes Everywhere is really, was yeah. definitely got this whole thing started. And he was yeah, definitely from stupid, the mold of... Yeah, and he was definitely from the mold of bringing the white trash to the uh, situation, you know, where it was just like, you know, because like you You just mentioned, camping, jail, whatever it was, uh, Ernest would come and white trash it up with his fishing coat. I mean, Ernest was huge. Ernest was doing car commercials, uh, Mellow Yellow soda commercials. He had had a Saturday morning show on, plus all the movies. No, you're right, dude. Ernest was was fucking huge. He was... uh, Kids today would have any fucking clue what we're talking about. But yeah, Ernest man, that's world. a good call. Like, I don't know. Does the world have like pop culture's phenomenons like it did back then? Like your like your Urkels and your uh, uh, Ernests and <laughs> <Yeah>. whatnot. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm sure Urkel was doing an American Express commercial somewhere. <laughs> well, we got big spoiler alert, big uh, spoiler alert, but big Urkel news coming up. <laughs> I forgot to mention Urkel so far on this show, but uh, 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 make sure to listen tomorrow to Netflix and chat for very big Urkel news. All right, uh, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> I myself am curious about this one. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop, a, I'm gonna drop the hammer tomorrow. But <laughs> all right, I have a couple, uh, I have a few uh, horror uh, rednecks. Of course, the inbreds from the Hills Have Eyes. Okay, Hills Have Eyes. 
Can I and go? I got I got one as well. I got the uh, the entire cast of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, okay, including okay. Leatherface. Including <laughs> right. Leatherface, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, they were all white trash. And that's definitely and one that's even like if you go, if you happen to be a grown man that goes to seasonal haunted houses every year, <laughs> right? Uh, you'll happen to always see that scene recreated, all right? And I guess it's probably <laughs> the same thing from like Sling Blade, but that is definitely like a uh, a haunted house genre, much like a, a, a crazy psycho, uh, uh, you know, abandoned funny farm kind of thing that always gets recreated, and then you will always get crazy rednecks uh, recreated in your any given haunted house every time i guess the other horror or not even horror but just straight up murderers white trash i would say nikki and mallory knox from natural born killers great call i did not have them on the list but yeah totally uh like you said a little bit you know overshadowed by the psychotic murdering was the red (laughs) was the hilarious red trash lifestyle Yeah, I mean, come on. When Ronnie Dangerfield's your uh, on-screen dad, no, come on, let me just touch you a little bit. You're some white trash. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I got a few more. Some another kind of one of sleeper, I would say, but uh, the character Burt Gummer from Tremors. Okay, not familiar. Hilarious white trash name. Giant worms. Burt Gummer's the one that has all the guns, and he's married to Reba McIntyre. Okay, all right. I mean, definitely white trash. If if you're if you're married to Reba McIntyre in either uh, the real world or uh, on film or screen, (laughs) definitely. I got a couple. I've got like a different genre uh, altogether. Do you do you have any more horror movie? I don't have any more horror movies. Because I've got a different way that we can go to kind of like bring it back to Tiger King a little bit. But there was the whole hilarious boom of like reality uh, uh, white trash shows that, of course, Duck Dynasty guys, I guess, would probably be the most prevalent. But really all of those like, uh, uh, you know, Jesse James and what was his like motorcycle show called? Like any of those. There was that whole like uh, uh, if, if you were white trash, you had your own re- if you if you were white trash and did some crazy job you had like a camera crew following you around yeah, so you moonshiners was one, is one of my faves show, and it was supposed to be like the, who did uh, the mtv okay the MTV. Show, and it was supposed to be like the uh, jersey shore version of like but redneck kids partying yeah florabama no not florabama but way before that and i forget what it was called but before the second season came out, one of the kids died with his uncles while he was out, like, four-wheeling hunting. He froze to death, <laughs> so they canceled the series. He froze to death? Yeah. What? Out, like, and his they... name was something like Billy Bob, too, and they were like, man... And they, he died. Yeah. Like, all right, you know what? He was the best character. We're just not going to do this anymore. Ironically, you wouldn't think rednecks uh, uh, would die of freezing too often. However, a redneck activity to die to to, to die of freezing to death. You're probably yeah, sure. when the sun was up, you were definitely a redneck until it went down <laughs> and you froze to death somehow. <laughs> but. But uh, uh, so there was that whole genre, you know, and, and countless more, I guess, Honey Boo Boo in the list. But of course. you can just dig as deep as you want. And like the, like, you know, the, the between 2005 and 2015 reality, even I can throw Ice Road Truckers like, you know, from the same or the fucking assholes, uh, Wicked Tuna, those idiots that are just fucking <laughs> rednecks. But, you know, <laughs> rednecks on sea. 
the only other one I really have is and only because it's my favorite Will Ferrell role of all time. But I guess you got to go Ricky Bobby. <laughs> okay, yeah, great call. <laughs> I mean. Definitely. You know, he's more redneck than a NASCAR driver. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Than a NASCAR driver. But definitely, yeah, definitely from the world of redneck, where the entire movie was kind of just a hilarious redneck stereotype. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. In between him or Cal Naughton Jr. I mean, it's kind of amazing that Tiger King, that that, like, character, like a redneck uh, uh, animal, you know, uh, animal expert hasn't been, like, broached before, you know, because really perfect on so many levels Twas the Tiger King. Yeah, I mean, it really had. We've talked talked about it so much, but it it just really had everything. Everything redneck. (laughs) Everything redneck. Everything except sleeves. And everything else. Everything. Murder and cults and tigers and... Fucking monkey shirt. <laughs> yeah. No, it it was, had it all. It had it all. I don't think there'll ever be another like it. But those are some of our uh, favorite rednecks. Yeah. Favorite white trash, if you will. I mean, I, I'd say Joe Exotic definitely takes the uh, takes the cake. There's a new number one in town. And I'm looking straight at you, Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe Exotic was the burn that Ernest was always asking about. You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> you know what I mean, Joe? But I guess that would be it for our closer look section of the show. And I guess that would pretty much be it for this episode of Geeked Up uh, Life in Coronaville, episode two. Remember, uh, tomorrow we're going to be uh, on Geeked Up Presents Netflix and Chat. We'll finally be watching, though, on the total other spectrum of Tiger King, we'll be watching Oscar nominated Marriage Story. Yeah, seriously, de- definitely from the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> from, <laughs> yeah. from Oklahoma to the red carpet. As of course, this was supposed to be part of our Oscars uh, uh, breakdown. This was in a golden ticket because it was the big Oscar fodder for Netflix for this year. All right, but as well, I guess it was either that or two poops, and we went marriage story. <laughs> So uh, this dating all the way back to that. So I think we might as well even relive the uh, Geeked Up catalog and we'll be releasing our uh, Geeked Up Oscars special as well as part of the, as part of the festivities. Correct. We might as well. We got nothing but uh, time to give you guys, uh, you know, uh, entertainment here. And then, yeah. of course, don't forget this Friday we'll be doing another Geeked Up Zoom Room party. I'll be putting the code out on Facebook, and if you don't, again, like I said, aren't on Facebook with us, email us in if you want the code at thekeekedupodcast at gmail.com. We welcome everybody to join in and talk all things, I guess, marriage story, but even geeked up, any of the things we talked about. Yeah, we want your favorite rednecks. That's definitely one thing that I'm going to be asking on the Zoom room. We're definitely going to revisit our favorite redneck uh, uh, closer look. But Absolutely. I'd say probably not as much focused on the marriage story as last week's, of yeah. course, was on Netflix. But just in general, going to be a good geek yeah, hang in the me, Zoom uh, room. Come, uh, the yeah, Netflix like, and chat episode is going to be as much as I want to want to talk about that movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not going to be an XOXO style uh, uh, longer than the for movie, sure. the podcast longer than the movie, because we're just having so what much fun it? breaking it down. But I might recount my uh, classic Mrs. Doubtfire story in the Zoom room party. So turn <laughs> in for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got big Urkel news at the end. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a no banger one way or the other. 
for no other reason than the Urkel news. Um, <laughs> but I guess that'll be the episode for you, episode two of Life in Coronaville. I'm Devin Barnes. That's William Whalen. I know for a fact you don't have to work tomorrow, so why don't you go ahead and get geeked up? Yeah. Hey, ooh, baby. It's time to get geeked up. Woo! What's up, y'all? This is Mr. Woo Baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm still taking those episodes and emails, y'all. Woo! Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on.